This is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Hi, you guys. Thank you so much for being back here at coffee number five. And today I'm so excited. I think I got a new daughter and I am adopting her because I just fell in love with her. She's adorable and she's still a teen, not for much longer, I believe. Well, I'm uh, 22 now. Oh, yeah. You're not dumb. You're not a teen anymore. No, I, I uh, wish. I wish. I, I feel wish. so old. Uh, oh my God, but she looks so young, but she could be a teen. And I'm adop- <laughs> adopting her anyways. Uh, she's Alexa Curtis and she is here in LA for three years now. And she started her blog when she was 12. And tell us a little more. How did you start it? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm, I'm so looking forward to speaking with you. So I grew up in a very small town in Eastern Connecticut. I never fit in. And when I was 12, I decided to start this blog way before the days when social media was popular. I was pretty much just this sheltered kid, didn't come from any money or connections in a very small town. And, and I started the site. And then over the course of the past 10 plus years, I built it out. Initially starting as a fashion website, I built it out into this full-time lifestyle site for young people on social media and mental health. So I do a lot of different TV segments that I have a weekly podcast. Uh, And then last year I had a show that I pitched and landed on Radio Disney called Fearless Every Day. And then I also started a a summit program with uh, different colleges. So it's basically like pop-up summits at colleges across the country. And that's called the Be Fearless Summit. That's so cool. But I mean, that was a very short version. I mean, it couldn't happen that fast. And But I mean, <laughs> oh, I what, did, what did your parents say about this? I mean, you started at 12. Your parents said, okay, go for it. Well, no, I, I get asked that question all the time. And I think the best way to answer it is starting off. And I think that my mom always kind of knew that I, I just didn't excel in school. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't like sports, but I loved to write. And so I think she always knew I was kind of that different kid, but it wasn't until I started making money and simultaneously was doing very poorly in high school uh, that I pretty much convinced my mom to let me to transfer to online school. And so when I did that, I had emailed a producer at Rachel Ray a few weeks prior to that and ended up getting myself a spot on a Rachel Ray segment the same day that I transferred out of high school. And then, so from 16 to 18, it was a lot of just like, I moved out at 17. I did the whole broke, starving artist thing. And, and I think uh, eventually at this point, now I'm 22. So I think now I obviously run my company full time and, and I've lived alone for so long. I think they get it a little bit more, but my dad is in sales and my mom is a nurse. So we're talking about the most like traditional jobs. And so I think there's still moments when they're like, how can she do this all like for the rest of her life? But uh, I try not to explain everything I do too much to them because I, I, I still get the senses of the like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Well, your situation is very unique and it doesn't happen to everyone. I mean, how, and I'm sure that for many people, you're an example and for many teenagers out out there, you can even be like the excuse, like it happened to her, it could happen to me. So see, mom, she did it. Mm -hmm. So if it happened to her, it could happen to me. So see, I don't need to go to school. I don't need to prepare for college. What would you say to that kid? Well, the number one thing that I always say is I'm a big advocate of college and I didn't go financially that for me at that point was not an option. I didn't want to be so far in debt. So to this day, even when I speak at colleges, I am always such a big advocate for going. And I think that I just 
at the point where I had decided not to go. I just had managed to kind of first start figuring it out. And now it's gotten to a point where for me to miss out on, on these career moments and opportunities to pursue school, it's something I would rather do in the future. So I always like to look at it in two different ways. Uh, I think you definitely should go to college if you haven't figured out, like most young people haven't, what you want to do at a young age. I got quite lucky. And then the second thing is if you do want to take a gap year, like college will always be there. And I think there's obviously the expectation that it's high school and then college and then you get a job. And I think especially during COVID, it's so obvious that it's going to be very difficult for people right out of college now to get jobs. So are there different ways to look for additional revenue streams and, and things you can do uh, if it necessarily isn't going right into college if you're just leaving high school now? Uh, because it's, it's going to be equally difficult to try and get a job. But I, I, I am a big advocate for it, and I, I don't tell people to look at my story and follow every step of it. I've made my own mistakes along the way, as most people do. Well, as everyone knows, I'm a very untraditional mom in many yeah. regards because I live working on digital and in social media. So I had to show my kids very early on. Uh, my kids are almost 16 and 13 and a half now. So I had to show them very early on what social media is. I didn't want to hide it from them. And actually, I encouraged them to see what it's about and obviously to like my stuff mm -hmm. because that's a must. <laughs> but, uh, duh. Yeah, but um, I expect you to like my stuff now as my, my new daughter. Yeah. Too, but, I um, followed already, so I'm already... Oh, yeah, involved. you're a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I... And of course, you get all these judgmental um, and questions from parents. Uh, are the same thing about at what time you give your kid your cell phone. There are mm -hmm. all these rules the adults we make for our kids and what's okay and what's not okay. And I always believe that every family is unique and every kid is unique and circumstances are different and every child is unique. Like you were unique uh, in your own world and you were unique needs. I believe that my children are unique as well. Mm -hmm. And each one needs to be treated in a unique way. Yeah. And, but what I think is so great from you is that so early on you were able to find that passion from yourself. And I feel like so much, if something that I can criticize in social media is that some somehow there is so much out there that we get lost mm -hmm. in, in finding, watching a video after another video and get it entertained somehow in the passion of others. And I find it really hard for people to find, find their own passion. Oh, yeah. I think social media has created such a difficult place. And that's why I, I so appreciate, especially coming from a parent, uh, to hear a parent say, like, you know, other kids out there would be like, I want to follow in Alexa's footsteps. But I also like to say that when I started this back in 2011, not only did I have no expectations for this to become anything, but social media was not as prominent. I never grew up feeling insecure by the things I saw online because back in 
2011 to 2015, it wasn't like Instagram was around. I couldn't just click on an app and all of a sudden feel like crap because the girl's pretty or thinner than me. There's, there was different ways of that, right? In, in high school and middle school. But now it's created that environment to where people just funnel into this hole. And instead of admiring the people they're following on social media, it's more like, how can I look like her or him? Or what is she eating? And what can I eat to look like that or be like that or mentally be like that? And people aren't seeing the reality, what happens behind the scenes of so many of these people they follow online. And so I think that's why I hopefully can use my platform to showcase the raw side of being young and, and this world, uh, as well as the positive things that happen when you work very hard. Well, I love that of saying the raw Thank side, you. but yeah. um, I call that the green, the neighbor's grass is greener. Because always. I always, and I feel like so many people putting, oh, going on a romantic uh, walk with my husband. How romantic it can be if you take the time to post that. Post about it. Yeah. And it's, uh, social media is also used as such a highlight reel, right? And it's always like, what can I post that will make me feel better? And then in reality, usually probably makes someone else feel worse. So I just wish more people would utilize social media as a hobby. And I, I appreciate it. Obviously I get, I get truly paid to do it and I'm thankful for that, but I don't, I don't spend every moment on it. I, I can't. And if it wasn't for what I do for a career and I bet you agree, like I wouldn't even be on social media. I'd be the person who has no, like no platform uh, if it wasn't for this. So I guess I'm just one of those weird people who, who views it as it is. And, and I don't take it too seriously. I, I just wish it would be a little more real. Yeah. And I think so many people say that. A little more raw. I mean, it's like, this is my life and this is who I am. And yes, I love to use the same nail polish every time, but this is a big part of who I am. And everyone yeah. who knows me knows that that's true. I don't put that in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just wish that people will be a little more honest with themselves. Yeah, because and that, I don't... Yeah, keep going. No, no, that's the kind of uh, example that I'm trying to give to my kids. That's what concerns me. What kind of example we're giving to the generations to come? Yeah. Well, you had said it so well before we even started recording the conversation about you spending so much time on social media. And so you have to be transparent. And that's such a great way to go about it. And it's the same way as if a parent was standing in the mirror and was like, I look really fat today. Their kid is going to think they look really fat too, because their mom or their dad is saying it on uncle, whatnot. And, and it's very similar way of social media. And I think parents should try and stay as educated and up to date on these changing platforms because it's rapidly changing and it can be your kid who's getting bullied from TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat and you'd have no clue simply because you didn't take the time to research it. Do you have uh, kids, teenager, parents, people that they're approaching you on social media to talk about these things? Yes. And that, that's when I started, I would say making like the bulk of my money was when I started this nonprofit back in 2018, I started talking about social media and mental health and I got training in it. And I realized that was a huge passion of mine. So then I started going into different schools and started like very small, that side of things. And now that's where I make a lot of money in these, the summit programs. So I have a talk next week with a, a chain of high middle school high school sorry in in Connecticut and Massachusetts to lead a group of like 60 parents on a zoom call all about that topic and I appreciate that because uh it's either you're talking to someone who is 
50 or 60 who's an, who's an advocate in that space but didn't grow up with social media, but, or you speak with someone like me who has made a living off of it and is my age and has these experiences. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a good thing that I hopefully can use my platform for is, is definitely to talk directly to those parents uh, as much you, as the kids too. And do you feel like parents are listening to you to try to understand their kids or they're you trying or they're trying to see a way from understanding you to change your kid's mind about social media? No, definitely not the latter. I would say it's usually 60 to 40%. It's usually 60% of parents who are trying to show their kids like what to do right and how to use this properly. And then I would see the other side of things is there's the parents who are just never got to had social media, never got to use or have a platform like I have. And I think they kind of live vicariously through me, but I would say the majority of the parents are the parents who are so confused and need someone to simply be like, this is what's good about Instagram. And this is when your kid is showing signs that they are getting bullied or need help via social media platforms. How much do you think the kids uh, are telling the truth to their parents and what they're doing in social media? I think it depends. And I think a lot of times now there's Instagram accounts and that's like where kids have fake Instagram accounts where they post things. And that's though across the board. It's not just, I was talking to someone the other day who's like 35 and has a fake Instagram account. And it's the same with people who are in high school and college and they want to hide this from their potential employer, like the glass of champagne or something. So they have that fake Instagram account. But the primary bulk of these young people is is in that middle school, like seventh to 12th grade, that's high school as well, uh, time period. And then the parents who have no clue how to even use social media so that they don't even know what these accounts are. And I think some parents, it seems like you especially like mon would monitor that so well. And then there's, there's parents who are just so uninvolved and the kids hide it anyway, because they know the parents will never find it. Well, it's, uh, sometimes it's hard to find it regardless when they choose these names that you cannot even find. Yeah. And if they want to hide something, they will hide it well when yeah. they are teenagers. And, you know, yeah. they are smart kids. And so the only thing that you can expect as, you, as a parent is that you give them the right values. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and that you, you know that um, you teach them that you are open enough that you can listen yep. when they need you. Yeah, there's nothing else as a parent that you can do besides be as educated as possible and then realize that your child would make mistakes and you can't blame it on yourself if they do. I, I want to go back as what we were talking about, the passion, because that's the biggest concern that I have in, in general. And I think this quarantine is also something that brought back not only to young people or teenagers, uh, a lot of older generations as well, even X generation and Y generations, after being at home for so long, is that they're trying to find their passion. Is that what I'm doing in this life? And for you, that you found your passion without even looking for it. And how do you try to explain to someone you need to find it? Because you are happy to wake up every morning and do your work. You found your passion and so, and you're happy and it's what everyone wants every day. How can you tell someone, go and find your passion? How would you, what cues will you give them? There is no book to being successful. There is no book to going viral or getting rich or famous. 
the way that I describe the success that I've had to date is from the experiences that I've had, both incredibly positive and incredibly, incredibly negative, stemming from when I was bullied, when I was 12, when my dad was in prison, when I was younger, to then when I moved out. And I don't really think I found my purpose until I was, it was about maybe a year ago. And so when people think like I was this 12 year old girl that I knew what I wanted to do, it was like, no, no, it, it wasn't like that. And, and when I tell people I've been doing this for so long and it's finally paying off when I got that show, I had years there to find myself. And that's when it comes back to those experiences and those trials in my life that I had. And, and that led me closer sitting on Instagram. I'm so glad that I didn't grow up with it. It wasn't around when I was growing up because if I was sitting on Instagram, I would have no clue who I was or what I wanted to do by scrolling. The way that you find your purpose is by exploring different things. That might mean simply something like trying a new class or a summer camp or learning an instrument, the littlest things like that. And then over the course of time, the more that you try, the more you'll be like, oh, I, I actually love playing guitar and I never played it before, but I, I realized that I think I might be able to, to be a professional pianist or something like that. And so that's what I tell people. And I think that there's no way to wake up and, and have expectations to find your purpose. All you can do is do the best that you can to get out of your comfort zone and be fearless and surround yourself with positive people. And then from there, one day you will be like, ah, I think I figured it out. You might be 45 and you might be 17. What about consistency? How important is consistency in find, finding that passion at the fire in doing something and to be good at it? I think it also depends in, in what type of consistency you mean. Like if you mean consistently trying new things, then yes, I would say I encourage everyone to try something new every week. I would also say that being consistent with knowing, knowing what makes you happy. And, and so that can be the most minor thing is you might be working a corporate job right now and you hate it and you would love to work for another corporate job. And it might just be the simplest thing as finding someone on LinkedIn and sending them an email, but it's the fear of the unknown that really hurts people from finding themselves is because they're so scared of taking the leap. And that's, that's totally relatable. That's a totally uh, normal fear to have, but the more that you can do by being consistent, by trying something new, the closer you'll get to figuring out what you really love. But also something that I noticed is that, they are the expectation of things happening really fast is there. And if they don't happen, we quit. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is also very important due to social media. I can't tell you the amount of talks I've done where I've asked a group of kids. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And no longer does anyone say a nurse or a doctor or a scientist. But if you take it back to the old days before the days of influencers and YouTubers, those are the people that change the world. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love what I do. And, and I hope that I'm, and I know that I do inspire people daily, but I am no nurse. I am no doctor. Uh, and so those are the people who inspire me to change the world. And I wish there was a way to take the attention away from social media and, and ground it a bit to the foundation of, of the Bill Gates and like the Sarah Blakely's who started these companies as self-made, but also really worked corporate jobs for a while. Because that's a very traditional path to follow is working a job and then maybe you have that idea. Uh, and, and social media doesn't, doesn't help that as much because it's the instant viral fame that you hear all the time. And that's not, that's 0.01% of people. That's so true. So what's next for you? 
Well, my next summit was supposed to be April 1st at UC Berkeley, and that has been indefinitely postponed. So that was a big uh, bulk of, of what I was focusing on. But now I have some extra time, so I would love to get some bigger companies and stuff involved, aside from the ones that were already involved. And then right when this started happening, too, I my show on Disney was on the air uh, for the past year, and it, it wrapped last September. So right before this happened, I had an opportunity with another network I had pitched a show to, and we were going right into the contract phase, and then this happened. Um, so oh. I know, it sucks, but it's 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 okay, right? What are you going to do? Uh, so in between that, I mean, I'm just like working from home and, and filming podcasts and, and staying as positive as possible. Well, well like we all doing it, and... We're almost at the end, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and I hope I hope people take something away from this experience. I know I learned so much about myself from this experience, and I could not have imagined a more disappointing, like terrible thing to have happened, but also seeing a bright side of, of what has happened in the world, and especially for the young people who were so obsessed with social media, and now hopefully they're more grounded in uh, in finding themselves in the simplicity of life. I think we should be very grateful for yeah. what we have. And there is a lot to learn from this experience. Certainly. Yeah. Thank you so much for ha ha coming today. I really enjoyed this talk and definitely I hope that when all this, this is over, we can get together when and we can have some girl time. That would be so lovely. And for anyone who listened to, I will be having you on my podcast as well over the next few weeks. I don't know when this airs, but uh, uh, definitely to kind of continue this conversation on, I'll take a lot of elements and include that in our conversation. And, and I look forward to our uh, post-quarantine pool day. <laughs> that would be great. And we'll do a live as well. That would be perfect. Yeah. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.